the La Crosse Public Library Archives presents Dark Lacrosse Stories, a series in collaboration with the La Crosse Tribune. Dark Lacrosse is a suite of programs that feature the seedier side of lacrosse history and also include a downtown walking tour, a trolley tour, and an annual stage production with new content each year. From the city of Lacrosse's inception to the turn of the 20th century, lumbering was the primary industry. It was lucrative for owners, but highly dangerous for workers. Huge log rafts were floated down the Black and Mississippi rivers. Because logs would often become separated during transport, owners would brand the end of logs with a name or mark to determine property. Often, disputes would arise over logs being sent down the rivers. Peter and Emma Cameron were primary players in such a dispute in 1849. They were among the earliest settlers in La Crosse, arriving in 1843. In fact, Emma and Peter Cameron's wedding was the first ever recorded in La Crosse history. The whole town was there for the occasion, all 15 of them. Emma was heralded as the toast of the Northwest due to her astonishing beauty. She was also known for her fiery temper, her skill and accuracy with a rifle, and for her constant flirtations and indiscretions with men. Peter was her fourth husband, and in fact, before her death in 1905, she would tally nine husbands. Peter Cameron bought a large tract of land that fronted the Mississippi River and built a log cabin. John and Frederica Levy operated a store and boarding house out of their log home, and Frederica recounted the events of the day in 1849 when a dispute over logs turned deadly. About the 9th of July in the forenoon, we were standing by the river watching two men bringing down a log raft. The men were gathering logs that had loosened by the wind, waves, and sandbars. They recognized their logs by the marks on them. As they were coming down, Peter Cameron passed them with a skiff, intending only to pick up everybody's logs. Mr. Ellis was the name of the log owner, and he found a great many of his logs that Cameron had rafted together. The two men landed, and they began to quarrel. One of Ellis's men came out when he heard the commotion, and Cameron knew he couldn't fight both men off, so he set his bulldog after both of them. The dog bit Ellis so severely he couldn't get up right off. The dog attacked the other man, but he had a club to defend himself. Emma Cameron, meanwhile, had loaded two guns and had come to her husband's aid. She gave one gun to Peter and kept the other, lest he should miss his shot. I've seen her handle a gun. She was not one to miss, that's for sure. As Alice was getting on his raft, Peter Cameron shot him and he fell into the water. Peter still wasn't satisfied. He pulled Alice out of the water by his hair onto the bank and then broke open his skull. Peter Cameron was charged with murder. He was kept in the county jail in Prairie du Chien. Emma Cameron closed up her house in La Crosse and cared for her husband and the jailer by providing food and housekeeping duties. Eventually, Peter was released on bail, and the final verdict wouldn't come until 1853, manslaughter and a $2,500 fine. Shortly before Peter's death in 1855, he sued Emma for divorce. He would die before finalization, and Emma began a long fight in court with the Cameron family to gain control of Peter's property. Peter's brother Daniel came to call on Emma and her fifth husband in La Crosse in 1859. She shot him with a pistol, the first going through his coat and the second shot nearly blowing off his pinky finger. 
Emma would claim it was in self-defense. Daniel Cameron saw it as clear-cut case of attempted murder. Emma Cameron is a prominent character in early lacrosse history. While some referred to her as the toast of the Northwest, still others may call her femme fatale. She died at the home of her sister in McGregor, Iowa on February 7, 1905. She was laid to rest in the private family cemetery along with several of her husbands. And now I'd like to welcome in Anita Taylor-Doring, Senior Archivist and the Archives Department Manager at the La Crosse Public Library, who did some of the initial research for this story. John Levy and his wife, Frederica, who came to La Crosse in 1845 and 1846, respectively, operated a store and hotel out of their log house and witnessed the turn of events in the story as they unfolded in 1849, a year after Wisconsin was transformed from a territory into a state of the Union. As people interested in history, we are fortunate that Frederica in her later years was so tired of being asked about early lacrosse history that she decided to do something about it. She sat down to record her remembrances of this and other stories of early lacrosse white settlement. The remembrances were transcribed into a book titled Reminiscences of Pioneer Days in Lacrosse, Wisconsin. It is the best first-person account of lacrosse's early settlement that we have available. Because lacrosse was simply a fur trading post during this time, John Levy was the justice of the peace and was likely the only law enforcement official within 60 miles of the settlement. He was in the awkward position of having to apprehend his neighbor for a heinous crime and protected the small community without any immediate backup. John Levy and another man responded to the shooting and outcry and ran to the riverfront to help. When he approached the scene, Emma Cameron threatened to set the dog on them and shoot them if they interfered. John and his wife, Frederica, knew firsthand how volatile the Camerons could be and what a crack shot Emma was. John dared not cross her and backed off. Soon, by some extraordinary coincidence, Levy spied a raft coming downriver. He hailed the raft and asked them to come ashore quickly. How fortuitous that those on the raft included Crawford County Deputy Sheriff John Elder and Dr. Samuel Snow, a partner of John Levy. After hearing what happened, they immediately bound Cameron so that the justice system could determine his fate. At this time, most of western Wisconsin, including what is now La Crosse County, was part of Crawford County. Some details were omitted from the story script from Frederica's account. In this particular case, we actually have letters that Peter wrote to his family while he was in jail, as well as some issues of the Prairie du Chien newspaper, The Patriot, from this time period that are online that show discrepancies in her remembrances of the details of the incident. Mr. Ellis turns out to actually be David Allen, and the hired man was his partner, Mr. Granger. The event took place on June 18th, not July 9th. Exactly how things played out was different between the eyewitness accounts, but the outcome was still the same. In his correspondence to his family, Peter doesn't show remorse, but basically says that he took the law into his own hands rather than taking the effort and time to sue Allen and Granger for stealing his logs. According to Frederica's memory, Cameron, the deputy sheriff, elder, Dr. Snow, and the victim, Allen, boarded the raft headed towards the county seat, Prairie du Chien. Allen died 15 miles south of La Crosse and was buried at Brownsville, Minnesota. The Prairie du Chien newspaper account says he lived but a few hours. In any event, Allen was dead, Granger was severely injured, and Cameron faced murder charges. Jail life in frontier Wisconsin was not a pleasant place. Many prisoners fell victim to disease, subpar living arrangements, and poor food, which is why Emma closed up her lacrosse house to move to Prairie du Chien to keep house for her husband and his jailer, hoping that the jailer might show some kindness to her husband. 
In correspondence to his father in New York, Peter mentions that the jailer quit and was offered a better job, so that Peter was hired and paid 50 cents a day to care for a man labeled insane who was also incarcerated. The 1850 federal census bears out that Peter and Emma were living next to the jailed inmates, but no mention is made there that Peter's actually an inmate as well. His occupation is given as a lumberman, and he's worth $10,000, a very large sum of money at this time. Eventually, Peter's criminal case went to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Part of the delay was that during Peter's legal battle, the Wisconsin State Legislature debated for quite some time about allowing capital punishment for serious crimes. As it turned out, capital punishment in Wisconsin was abolished in 1853 and is the only state that has performed only one execution in its history. Peter was released on bail at some point, and the final verdict came in 1853 with a charge of manslaughter and a $2,500 fine. Meanwhile, Cameron's employees kept operations going in La Crosse while he was imprisoned. It was Peter's dream to make La Crescent, Minnesota, a larger metropolitan center than La Crosse, and his brother Daniel Jr. shared this vision as well. At the time of Peter's death in 1855, he had made considerable progress on a canal that would have made it possible to welcome boats and thus trade people and capital into La Crescent. He was also building a new ferry boat shortly before he died, likely to connect La Crosse to La Crescent, which had its maiden voyage only days before his death. Thanks for listening.